Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hi, everyone. I'm Deb Flaschenberg. Welcome to Yoga Birth Babies, a podcast produced by Prenatal Yoga Center. We will be diving into everything prenatal yoga, birth, and baby-related, hoping to inspire, educate, and empower you through your journey into motherhood. Thank you for listening. Hi, I'm Deb Flaschenberg. I am your host of Yoga Birth Babies. And if you've ever struggled with time management and figure out how to prioritize and how you're going to organize your time, this podcast is for you. I'm speaking with Rachel Nielsen, and she is the host of the popular parenting podcast, Three in 30 Takeaways for Moms. She and her guests share three actionable takeaways in each 30-minute episode, and we go through quite a bit. Our, our podcast is a little hair longer than 30 minutes, but you still get some actionable takeaways. We talk about tips to stop obsessing about time. We talk about what does it mean to manage your focus, not your time, and what, one thing she came up with is containerizing your life. I absolutely love that because it makes a lot of sense to me. So I think you're going to get quite quite a bit out of this podcast because I know as a new parent, you could be thinking you have a thousand things on your list. How do you get them done? How do you organize? What do you let go? How do you, how can you let go of guilt for not getting things done and take some time to enjoy your life? So this was a really important podcast for me as well for someone that is often struggling with time management. So I think you're going to enjoy that. Before we get to this podcast conversation, I just want to remind everyone that that we still have our classes online. In fact, we've committed to always continuing that and in person. So if you are pregnant or just had a baby, you can take our pre or postnatal classes and our workshops. We've got a ton of workshops from childbirth ed to lactation prep, to caring for newborn, to CPR, all of that online on demand or in person. We've got you covered for many of those things. So you can check out our website, prenatalyogacenter.com for that. I also have a free offering for all of our listeners. If you go to our website, you can grab the five simple solutions to the most common pregnancy pains. And then of course does apply to postpartum pains as well. And you'll just have a guide that if you're feeling a little uncomfortable one day and you can't make it to a whole class, this is going Going to just remind you of what to do to take care of. Maybe it's a backache, a hip ache, chest opening, neck pain. I've got you covered. So you can check that out, grab it, download it, put it somewhere you can take a quick peek when you need it. Also, we have changed some things up. We were planning on coming back in person for our spring teacher training, but given what's happening with COVID right now, we've decided to keep that online. So there's a couple spots left for the January and February training, but then we also opened up an online training for March and April. So you can check that out. If you're really interested in supporting people in the perinatal community, then we've got a very thorough evidence-based training that you can jump into and enjoy. And I look forward to working with you. 
I think that's it. Okay. So we're going to take a super quick break and when we come back, please enjoy my conversation with Rachel. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, Rachel. How are you? I'm so great. Thank you for having me here today. I am really excited to talk to you. I am all about time management, and I know as a new parent, that is a challenge. So I'm excited to hear some of your interesting thoughts on how to create balance and time manage as a new parent, because I've listened to your stuff, I've read about you, and you seem to have it going on. So I'm really excited. Well, that's funny you say that because I I actually feel like this is because this is so difficult for me, I've had to learn how to do it. Like, so to hear you say it sounds like I have it going on is surprising, but, but that's just because I've had to work hard at it because it's that time management is actually not natural for me. Um, I have a personality where, um, I don't really like naturally see breaks in my day. Mm-hmm. Um, I can just get going and lose all track of time. So I've had to put some strategies into place to s- sort of teach myself how to focus better. Well, it seems to now be working because from what I've heard of your other interviews and just have been following you, it seems like it's working for you. So good. You've made something that wasn't quite innate, uh, a habit. Yes. So I'd yeah. love to learn a little bit more about you. Yeah. Um, I live in Sun Valley, Idaho. Um, I have two kids. My son is adopted and my daughter was conceived with IVF. So becoming a parent was kind of a long journey for us. And we actually would love to have a third baby. So your podcast is timely for me, even though my kids are 10 and seven. Um, I was listening to your podcast the other day, preparing for this interview. And I thought, this is so great for me to revisit all of this because I'm heading right back into it. Hopefully I'm going to do IVF again in a few months. Um, and so I'm excited about that. And then I used to teach high school English until my kids were born and decided to stay home with them and start my podcast. So that's how I teach now is through my podcast, which is three and 30 takeaways for moms. And I love doing it. I love that you also have a seven and 10 year old. That's exactly the same age as my kids. So what a great way to, it is, it's actually a great age. And I also have a lot of respect that you want to start over. Um, so I hope, I hope that (laughs) happens for you. I really sincerely from my heart, hope that is something that will come to fruition for you. Well, thank you. You are welcome. So, all right, let's talk time management. So I'm really excited to talk about time management, about managing one's time since I always feel like I'm always focused on my to-do list. I'm focused on my family's schedule. I'm focused on getting something and then some time for myself, which I feel like is not nearly enough. So how has time management been helpful or problematic for you in your life? Yeah. Well, I, as I mentioned in the beginning, I have a personality that, um, I'm an overachiever, but I am not naturally organized. And that's kind of an, that's at odds with each other. And so I would feel this 
almost like shame of why can't I manage my time better? I'd have all these goals, but it almost felt like my innate personality was working against it. And I did a personality profile um, from Buffini and Company called the Heritage Profile. And it told me that I am a perpetual, which means that I see time. I'm just going to read you exactly what it says. It says, you do not naturally see time. Rather, you see events in time moving in a perpetual motion from one event to the next. This makes you far more tenacious than others to not give up, to keep going. However, natural breakpoints do not occur for you, such as eating regularly, stopping to go to sleep, or celebrating finished achievements, which can lead to physical or emotional burnout. And I that resonated so deeply with me when I read it. I felt seen that Time feels very perpetual to me. And so going back to your original question, the concept of time management um, had always sort of stressed me out internally. It was something that I aspired to do, but I couldn't seem to get it. And I'd be mad at myself for that. And so I've had to really change the way I even think about time management. I don't really believe that time can be managed, that that verb, it's like, makes it sound like time is a naughty child that you have to like manage and discipline. And I sort of tried to make peace with time and just believe that it is abundant and that I can't manage it, but I can choose what I'm going to focus on at any given time. And also Mm -hmm. that I don't need to manage every single minute of it because it's not this incredibly scarce resource. Um, Because when I had that mindset, it caused nothing but stress and overwhelm in my life. And so I've really tried to rethink that I can't manage time, but I can choose how I focus within my time, if that makes sense. So it's prioritizing? Yeah. I mean, it is prioritizing and it's just, for me, it's less like minutes and hours as like tasks and projects. Like that's easier for me to think like, Today, this is my priority project that I will complete. Um, and I have, it's a struggle for me to maintain focus. So I keep, I have to keep coming back to it and saying everything else can wait until this project is finished. I'm managing my focus more than I'm managing my time, if that makes sense. That makes absolute sense. Cause I feel like sometimes when I'm, I, I'm a to-do list person. I also yeah. get great joy. It's maybe too much out of checking things off my to-do list. <laughs> it's like, oh yeah. I, feel like oh, my little, I do too. So I, sometimes I'm doing my project that my, uh, my to-do list and I don't really set like 45 minutes or an hour. Cause I just do what has to be done. But then sometimes it's easy to flip to something else, mm-hmm. uh, almost like the focus, maybe a little ADD there that I'm like, yeah. I'll, I'll do this. And then this kind of pulls me or this pulls me or so I have to constantly bring myself back to finishing that project. Yeah. And I mean, you, you mentioned ADD, but I do think that that, that is a very real, I've sometimes wondered about myself with, with ADHD. I've never been diagnosed, but I think this perpetual um, this, you know, that, that would be common for someone with ADHD. So I, I think regardless of whether or not you sort of resonate with that diagnosis, I think a lot of women can relate, especially moms to this sort of, if you give a mouse a cookie of like, you can't stay focused on one thing and you have so many balls in the air that you're like moving from, and you can't really make good progress on anything because yes. you're trying to make progress on everything. 
Yes. So I also heard you in one of your other talks, you talked about perpetual, which you just did, but you also talked about finite. Can you talk a little bit about what that is and then the difference between being a perpetual and a finite personality and how that percept, how that affects perception of time and management? Yeah. I mean, I don't know as much about finite because I'm uh, it, it in my profile, it said you are perpetual. Um, <laughs> the other option is finite, but I'm assuming that a more finite personality is somebody who it is time makes sense to them. <laughs> like they are very able to know like, okay, this task is going to take me this long and, and guess that in the, in the same way as somebody who has a good sense of direction. Mm-hmm. Um, I I've heard that you are born with like a sense of time or not, just like you're born with a sense of direction or not. And I do have friends that are like, they can estimate exactly how long something's going to take them. They have a very good sense of time. And I think that is more of a finite personality. Whereas this perpetual, it's like time is a nebulous concept. Um, and you can hyper-focus and get lost in what you're doing. And so you just kind of have to think about your focus management differently when you have that more perpetual personality. And I think a lot of like what we would consider um, kind of typical productivity systems and time management systems that are, you know, we hear about on podcasts or sold in planners are probably more for finite personalities or are created by finite personalities. And so there can be that frustration of like, this doesn't, why doesn't this work for me? And the shame of, why, why can't I just follow this system and, um, make it work for me? And so I, in my mind, I think that's kind of how I have understood that I just experience time differently than other people. I'm wondering how many listeners right now are like, am I finite? Am I perpetual? And then if they do, <laughs> cause I'm doing the same thing. Um, and I'll reveal yeah. what I think I am, but I can also understand if someone resonates with their perpetual and they're just hearing you explain why there might be frustration. Why don't I fit into the system? Why does it, why do I get lost in a project and I look up and it's two hours later than I had realized? I bet mm-hmm. there's a sense of relief to realize it's not them. It's just how they work with time. Because like you said, yeah. there could be shaming of like, why can't I get this right? Why does everyone else show up on time and have X, Y, and Z already done? So it yes. feels like it could take a burden off of someone's shoulders of why they're trying to literally fit. What's that saying? Like fit a, a, a square in a circle, circular hole. Like yeah. it's just not fitting. Uh-huh. I, I think yeah. I'm actually finite now <laughs> because yeah. I, I, well, I, and yeah. I feel like people, um, perpetuals know the minute that I describe this, they know that they're perpetual. And like you said, there's a relief of even having a word for it. Yeah. Uh, because that's how I felt when I read my, read that personality profile. I'd never had a word for it. And when I read it, I thought, okay, that's why. And the few times that I've described it on my Instagram stories or on my podcast, people will say, oh my gosh, that is me. It's like they know immediately. Yeah. 
I, I, I think I'm finite because I have a sense of how long things will take. And I also, I think habit, like over the pandemic, I was sending out the release, the links for our classes and I didn't even have to look at the clock, but my body's like, Oh, it's around five. You have to do that. I also, full disclosure, I usually have a glass of wine around that time. And even if I'm not at home, my body's like, Oh, I think it's five. I think you should be yeah. like, it's like a little inside, like ding. So I think, yeah. I think I'm a finite. So what yeah, I'm jealous. <laughs> no, it's not always good because I also wake up at the same time every day. And I'm like, oh, even on the weekends. I'm like, why? Why? Uh, yeah. So what are some tips to stop obsessing about time? Because I definitely heard of people, especially with kids, they're trying to fit so much in or their kids are at the age where they're at school and they only have a really finite amount of time to get stuff done. And then it's like an obsession about this. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we as a society use a lot of words that have a lot of, they're, they're sort of morally charged around time, like wasting time and things like that. It's like, can time really be wasted? Time just is. But we're like so down on ourselves. And like, I wasted this afternoon by reading a book or by getting distracted by my phone. And um, obviously there's ways that it's all choice. It's all how you chose to use your time that day. And we don't need to attach so much morality to it. And we can give ourselves grace around, okay, maybe I didn't consciously choose to take that break on my phone. Maybe I just got swept into it and I wish I hadn't made that choice. But I think releasing the like pressure and the obsession around like, I have to get every, I have to use every minute well. To be productive. Um, I think it's an obsession yeah. with productivity. Yes. And yeah. it, it's so stressful. So as far as how to sort of do that, I think one way to do it is to um, come up with some empowering beliefs about time and sort of repeat themselves, repeat them to yourself as a mantra, as a daily reminder, you can write them down at the beginning of the day. Sometimes I do like a journaling practice where I'll just write down a whole bunch of affirmations at the beginning of the day and I'll write down, I have plenty of time for everything that matters. And that's just a very empowering thought versus I, there's never enough time. You know, I have plenty of time for everything that matters. Doesn't mean I have plenty of time for every, you know, everything, but I get to decide what matters and do that. You know, so you could choose whatever empowering thought about time resonates with you and just make it part of your daily practice to rewire the automatic thoughts that you have about time being scarce and just try to remember that time can be, we can think of time as a more abundant resource and be grateful for it instead of like hoarding it and feeling like it's so, so scarce. Hmm. Yeah. I'm, I'm really, I'm processing that because what I'm hearing and I'm wanting to do more of is recognize, cause I do feel like sometimes I do get obsessed with the productivity, but recognizing what are the, what you said is what is important to you make time for mm -hmm. what is like, put that ahead of the small tasks that maybe can wait till the next day, or maybe you don't even have to get done at all. And let go of every minute needs to be used to its fullest. Like there is something beautiful about just kind of sitting and chilling uh, as opposed to, I should be looking this up. I should be doing this. I should be calling this person. I should be taking a walk or, well, that's actually, I like taking walks. Um, but, <laughs> but I hear well, it's just it's, kind of a, it's more of a feeling of ease within time. Like I yeah. feel like I, 
I'm not saying do less necessarily. I, I mean, you can do the same amount of stuff while just having a more relaxed internal soften the grip dialogue going and go, yeah, let loosen the grip exactly of just. I'm going through my day. I'm doing the things that matter to me and there's a lot of them, but I have plenty of time for everything that matters and I don't need to feel this panicked feeling inside all day long, which I have been there where it's just like not enough time, not enough time, not enough time. And that doesn't help anything. Right. And I'm just thinking about brand new parents that they may only have like an hour when their baby's asleep and they think they have to get a ton done. I say this from having been there myself. So what would you say to that person that their stuff they want to get done, they only have an hour until they're kind of back on baby duty? Yeah, I would be as deliberate as possible before you have that hour um, about how you want to use that hour. Um, and just think about, so maybe first thing in the morning, it could be before your baby's up or it could even be as they're up and they're just kind of playing at your feet or you're rocking them or whatever. Think about what is, what is the most important thing to me today to get done during that hour? Is it something productive work or otherwise, or is it some self care time and rest and reading a book. And you sort of have to tap into your body and your intuition to know the difference, but to decide that ahead of time. So when you get to that hour, you just know, like you just go, you know, and start that thing instead of having the, the 15 minute process of wandering around, doing a little housework, looking at your phone, wondering how you should use it. Um, so getting clear on your priorities beforehand, I think is really helpful with that precious nap time. <laughs> yeah, no, that is a great idea. I like that of thinking ahead of time. Cause you're absolutely right. Like the child goes down and then it's almost like deer in headlights of like, now what? And then we just watch, you know, the time kind of slips away when the, yeah, I like that. Think ahead of yeah. time. All right. Yeah. So we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, you had mentioned a word I hadn't heard of, containerize. So when we come back, if you can explain what does it mean to containerize your life? We'll be right back. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right. So what does it mean to containerize your life? Well, I don't know if this is a real word. I think I no, made but it. I up. like it. <laughs> <laughs> so I have several friends who are professional organizers and have helped me do my whole house. I'm super lucky. Um, and 
pantries and closets and cupboards and all of it. And they're all obsessed with bins. They're all obsessed with containers. Mm. And they have taught me that everything needs to have a place and a container that you know that it goes. And I thought about that in the concept of time management and the way that we live our lives. Um, because if the purpose of having that container in an, in a physical space is, is not just to keep things like looking pretty. It's also to keep things separate from each other so that they don't overflow into everything else. It gives you a visual reminder of when you have too much of something. When we did my closet, I had an overflowing container of socks and I was like, oh, I guess I need to get rid of some socks. I had never realized it when they weren't containerized because they were just in the drawer, kind of filling up the drawer. But then when we put the containers in there, I'm like, oh, that is too much. Um, and I think that this is really important with, with time managing your focus and, you know, dividing up your day into some containers to know when you should be doing what. You know, um, you may have heard people talk about like a block schedule where it's more of a flexible routine around, you know, from these hours, uh, around these hours after nap time is when I will make dinner every night. So it's not exact minutes, but it's a little container around when you will do those tasks. This is when I will do my work time. This is when I will do just focus on the baby and really try to truly honor your containers instead of letting everything sort of slide and mix into everything else, especially if you are working from home, that can be really tricky. And all of a sudden you don't, you don't realize that your work is overflowing into everything else. And I've actually had that experience in the last couple of years, the opposite of um, my family time overflowing into my work time because of the pandemic and having my kids home and I just all of it. I'm like, I'm not getting my dedicated work time because I'm like, oh, it's okay. I can help them with this for a little while and I can run them to this friend's house and whatever. And I'm not honoring my work container. And then I'm dropping balls. I'm frustrated that I don't have more progress there. And so just coming back to like, this is my container for work, these hours, this portion of the day, and I'm not going to schedule other things during that time. And if my kids ask me, they can, you know, do whatever during that time, I'm going to honor the container and say, no, this is my work time and stick to it. And it really does bless the whole family when you have more clear divisions like that. Um, because then they, there's just this sort of natural rhythm and they, the kids know what to expect, um, when your day is, you know, more divided like that, if that makes sense. That makes absolute sense. It's boundaries as well. And asking everyone to respect your boundaries, Absolutely. Yes. I did find the pandemic a very, (laughs) because again, our kids are the same age. So I know what you're going through because they were not old enough to totally, at least mine were not old, didn't feel old enough to be like, good luck on your own. Um, but they were still in school. Um, but it's interesting when you're talking about the containerizing, because that resonated with me for a long time. I would let my work flow into the evening and then mm-hmm. I would just kind of throw myself into bed exhausted and I didn't have a container of unwinding time. And starting about six, seven months ago, I put the, like an hour and a half before bed as no work, unless it was like a true emergency, which 
didn't often happen, but no work. And it was downtime. I would read mm. or my husband, and I would <laughs> Netflix, um, or, you know, whatever, some movie or whatever. But I really, I put that as the work is closed, that container is closed until tomorrow and I sleep better and my mind is clearer because I mm-hmm. think the container was just like spilling all over the place. It wasn't yeah. well organized. Yeah. Oh, I so relate. And it, it's easy to not even notice, um, when there is no container, it's, you don't notice how much things are overflowing. And then suddenly you're like, wait a second, I have no downtime at the end of the day. Like when there, how did that happen? And kind of adding it back in consciously and looking at your life and saying, how can I create balance around what I am doing every day and how I'm spending my time in ways that matter to me? Well, let's talk about balance. So when you notice that you're feeling out of balance and your time management is off, what are ways or what ways do you bring yourself back to balance? Yeah, well, this happens for me a lot. <laughs> I am not, I am not a pro. So I have a lot of practice around like getting out of balance and realizing, gosh, I'm not respecting my containers. Um, something, you know, I'm, I'm back to my perpetual ways. And I think that one thing that helps me sort of find balance again is just doing a massive brain dump <laughs> of everything, piece of sheet of paper, write down everything that's in my mind of to-dos and the things that are worrying me. And once it's out, again, this is really similar to what professional organizers have you do. They have you take everything out of a space before you organize it. And so you can see it all and you can inventory it and you can decide what deserves to go back in Mm. and into your containers. And so it's like doing that with your brain of getting it all out and looking at it and saying, what container does this go into? What about this? Does it even deserve to be in there? Should I get rid of it? Should I delegate it? And sort of restoring the balance to your mental space like you would to a physical space, like a closet that had gotten overcrowded, you know, and and I have a very organized closet because I have friend, a friend that helped me do this, but that doesn't mean that I never have to do a reset. Right. I have, I have the system in there. I have the bins in there and everything, but sometimes it gets out of control and I have to sort of, okay, we got to look at this. What's, yeah, <laughs> exactly. What's going on here? Dump it all out. Look at it all. Put it back in the closet and straighten it up. And we have to do that with our lives too. And just say things have gotten out of balance and how can I bring it back to, you know, a, a uh, a balance, a harmony that feels good for our family. Yes. And I also appreciate that you're recognizing what feels good for your family because what works, what works for one family and what balances one family may not balance another. So it's really finding that personal rhythm. I, I do like what you said about the brain dump. I do that a lot, um, where I just have to throw the stuff in my brain on my calendar or my little, I have a notebook that I use. And once it's out, then I know I can come back to it. But if I don't write it down, then it's just like poking me in my brain. It's like, don't forget this, don't oh, forget yeah. this. And so if I write it down, I don't have to then hold on to it. So I, I really yeah. I appreciate that brain dump. So how that was me in the middle of the night last oh, night. Yes. <laughs> I, like, I literally got out of bed at two a.m. because I couldn't. I just kept spinning. I'm like brain dump time, and I dumped it all out. And then I'm like, we'll come back to this in the morning. And I went and went back to bed. So oh, I'm so glad I'm not the only one. I have done that. I stumble downstairs to my office. I write it down. I'd say a good eighty percent of the time I can re reread what I wrote. And then about 20% of the time, like, what, what does that say? Um, but yes, I've yeah. done that too. And it does, it creates 
almost permission, like you can let it go and now go back to bed. Cause if I don't, I'll be thinking, don't forget this. Don't forget this. And then I just chew on it more and more. Oh, you made me happy to know I'm not the only crazy person that does that. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I don't know if it's holidays coming up or what, but it's been a week where I'm just having, I've, it's been off. Everything's felt off. And so I had the spinning brain. I had to get it all out yesterday. Yes. that I love that. So how do you introduce and work with creating routines for the family or the individual? So especially if creating routines is not easy for you, like it isn't for me. Um, I think it's important to start really, really small and, one of my favorite methods for that is I had a guest on my podcast. His name is BJ Fogg. He is a researcher at Stanford and he's done like 30 years of research on, um, behavior, like how people change basically, how habits are formed and what works and what doesn't. And he has a method called the ABC method and A stands for anchor, B stands for behavior and C stands for celebrate. And so he teaches, choose an anchor, which is usually something that you're already doing that is an anchor in your everyday routine and connect a tiny behavior to it, the tiniest thing. And his book is actually called Tiny Habits. And he's like very tiny, like the smallest thing. And then celebrate when you do it. And he said people really miss that last step. Most of all, we just we don't, we feel a little foolish celebrating ourselves. And, um, but that research shows that even a small little moment of like, he says, like, say out loud, I'm awesome. (laughs) Or like, yes. Or, you know, like smile or do something that'll make you laugh like a little victory dance or something. It cements that habit and that routine in, and then you can start to stack and you can add another behavior onto that as an anchor and another behavior. And that's when you build a routine. And so an example for me, I, um, have a good habit now of right when I walk in the door from dropping my kids off at school. So that's something that I have to do every day. I know it will happen. I'm taking them to school. So there will be the moment when I walk back in my door. So that's my anchor. I go over and I take my vitamins first thing. So that's my tiny habit that I've connected to the anchor. And then I celebrate and I say, I'm awesome, or I'm going to have a great day or something. And then I've attached other behaviors onto that now where the next thing that I do is I go and I grab my scriptures and I read scripture for 10 or 15 minutes. And then I say, I'm awesome, you know? And so you're just slowly, you build a routine by attaching to other habits that you're doing consistently. And you have to start really, really small. You can't like say, you can't put together like a 12 or 20 step thing. Like BJ would say, just start with one. A, B, C, don't, don't add anything else to only vitamins or whatever, celebrate really cement it in for a few weeks and then start to stack and add them on to build that routine. I like that. I'm trying, I'm in my brain thinking about anchors and behaviors and celebrations. I'm going to, I'm going to think with that one for a while to see what yeah. I can create. I mean, things like, like going to the bathroom. I mean, things that you will do. So he's like, Every time I go to the bathroom, I do two push-ups. That's one of his. Oh. And, um, you know, and then I celebrate and say I'm awesome. So look, start to look around in your daily life and notice, like, the things that you have to do anyway, and then attach a behavior that's something that you want to do, and then start to stack them up. 
I do have one that on the days that I'm not in the city teaching, I'm home and I work from home. So my husband takes my daughter to school. And so by the time they leave, I like to clean the kitchen. And then once everything's clean, because I like everything clean and put away, then I celebrate by having breakfast by myself, which I really enjoy. That's great. I watch a little Downton Abbey usually. And then I put everything clean up and I start my work. But it's that 10, 15 minutes of alone time of eating. Cause then if I eat first, I'm like, oh, I still have to clean. So I clean. And then the celebration is I have some downtime. So mm, I see where perfect. you're saying that I'd have to clean anyway, but why not have a celebration after? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Although I'd say, I think BJ would say that you you don't necessarily have to clean after you do it because you choose to. True. Um, you know, and so that's a good habit that you formed. But like it, the the best anchors are things that literally you can't get through your day without doing, such as going to the bathroom, True. or <laughs> you know, um, drinking a glass of water or whatever. Like those physical things that you then can attach to. So just to get your audience thinking, um, especially if they're like me and they feel like they haven't, they don't have a lot of existing good routines Uh then to, to build off of just start with things that are like biological imperatives. Like you have to do, you have to get out of bed every morning. So when your feet hit the ground, you know, what do you want to do? Do you want to say an affirmation? Do you want to something to build a habit that you, that is conscious after that anchor behavior happens? I do like the going to the bathroom. I don't know if pushups would be what I would choose, but (laughs) it's, it's a non-negotiable, like it's going to happen. And then we have, especially for, we think of the community, this is for the pregnant person, they are going to the bathroom often. So yeah, (laughs) I'm just thinking about, I'm just thinking about like brand new moms, like their lives are so chaotic and busy and different and they're meeting their babies need all day long needs all day long but they're gonna go to the bathroom you know at some point so it's that's a really good one to build off of oh okay so community i would love you to reach out and let me know what you are choosing while you go to the bathroom what is your new habit (laughs) what is your what is your reward curious to hear when we get back. I'll let you know. All right. We're going to take a break. When we come back, what is one final tip or piece of advice you would like to offer new and expecting parents? We'll be right back. Our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com. Okay, so you have worked in this community for a while. You have two kids of your own. What is one final tip or piece of advice you would like to offer new or expecting parents? Yeah, I, I had a really rough start to the beginning of my motherhood in that my expectations didn't meet my reality. I had fought hard for these babies and, um, I thought that I would love every minute of it. And my son who's adopted was colicky and cried all day long. And I found myself really discouraged because here I had 
fought for this miracle baby and I was not loving it and I was disillusioned. I felt lost. I felt bad that I wasn't loving it. And I would say those first, that first year was really a difficult time for me. And it was during that time that a motherhood mentor of mine um, told me, she said, I kind of confided this in her. And she said to me in motherhood, the hard moments sometimes outnumber the beautiful moments, but the beautiful moments always outweigh the hard moments. And, um, that really stuck with me that it's, it wasn't about the number of hard days or like it, the out, the, the perfect moments with my baby. If I could, if I could hold on to those and notice those and absorb those and give them the weight that they deserved, that they would outweigh the hard things. And, um, I started a, a practice that I called flex of gold, where I looked for just a little fleck of gold moment that I shared with my baby every day or even by myself, like after baby was down and I had like a really relaxing lunch by myself or whatever, just that moment where it felt like my soul could breathe for a second. And it was like, okay, I can get through this. This is worth it. Some days there were tons of flecks of gold. Other days I had to try hard to even think of one. Um, but I started writing them down and it really pulled me out of that low, hard place I was in as a new mom. And so this is a practice that I recommend to all the women in the three and 30 community. I've actually created a journal just for this practice called flex of gold, um, where you can track those and it's a three-year journal. So it's kind of like a time hop where you will see, you write down your golden memory on that day. And then the next year on the same day, you get to read your golden memory from the year before when you add your new one. And so it's just this, it's this constant reinforcer of like motherhood is beautiful and this is worth doing. Even when it's hard, the beautiful moments outweigh the hard moments. And so that would be my advice for any, any new moms listening, um, to look for the flex of gold. I also appreciate you bringing to light a real situation that many, many, many parents have of really wanting or being invested in having a child and then saying to yourself, wow, I know I wanted this, but this is hard. I don't know if I like it all the time. And I feel like there's, I mean, that could be a whole other conversation, but yeah. it is real and people often feel shame around that. And so anytime that we can pull the curtain back on something that might feel shameful, that is very common, I think is important. So I appreciate your vulnerability in sharing that because I think a lot of people will hear that and recognize that. And again, feel a sense of relief of, oh, I'm not the only one. Thank you. So I yeah. appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah. So where can people find your work? Yeah. So my podcast is three in 30 takeaways for moms. You can find it on any podcast app. And I always try to give three actionable takeaways in every 30 minute episode. That's why it's called three and 30. And if women are interested in that flex of gold journal, um, you can go to three and 30 podcast.com slash flex of gold. And that's where you can find that. Well, wonderful. Thank you so much for your time. I got a lot out of this and it was really fun speaking with you. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. This has been an episode of Yoga Birth Babies, produced by Prenatal Yoga Center. You can catch us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Periscope. I'm Deb Flaschenberg. Thanks for listening.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.